0: You're listening to the Empty Nest Empires podcast, episode number 18. Imagine this, if you will, for a minute. You are 36 years old. Now, you always have known that you're different. You've always known that you are not an athlete, that you just can't keep up physically with other kids. Growing up, this has always been a thing you felt a little bit coddled by your mom, you got married, you had your kids, but you're always tired all the time. And then you come to find out that you need open heart surgery because you have two congenital heart defects that need to be repaired. That is part of the story of my guest today. Elizabeth Hughes Callison. And I'm really happy to introduce you to her today because I think she brings a story of hope and the way she has turned her pain into purpose now by helping other mothers who are exhausted, maybe not because of a heart defect, but just because of their lifestyle and the way they are constantly just driving and running and and just doing, doing, doing all the time to the point of complete exhaustion, she now helps women break out of that cycle and live again. And I'm really happy to introduce you to my guest today. Okay, your nest is empty, or it will be within a few years. So now what? Whether you know it or not, we are building empires. Empires of faith, family, fun, fitness, and of course finance. And those empires are the legacy we leave for our loved ones. I'm Tammy Romani, an empty nester mom, grandma, and entrepreneur with a vision for ever greater things in the years ahead. It's never too late, and there is no limit to what we can do. I'm so happy you're here. Now let's get to building. My guest today is my friend, Elizabeth Hughes Callison. And, you know, just in the short time I've known her, I just am so impressed by her resilience and her ability to move beyond past hardships and help others now. You know, there's a, fr- a phrase that they say about uh, having purpose in your life is really exemplified when you turn your pain into purpose and so i'm excited to have elizabeth here i'm not going to introduce her more than that because i want you to hear her story from
1: her own mouth (laughs) in her words Um, elizabeth welcome thank you thank you tammy so much for having me i'm so glad to be here
0: could you just start by uh now i i do want to say that your business is called it's mother's turn and what that means is you teach mothers at all ages, um, moms, grandmas, young moms, older moms, how That's to take correct. care of themselves so that they don't have a crisis, a health crisis, which you right. learn from experience. So can you just kind of take us back to what it was like for you even as a child and then moving into being a mom? And your yes. And, and yes. story is
1: so fascinating. When I was a child, my mom knew that I had something wrong with me. But she couldn't convince doctors that I did. Oh my. See, I would just I didn't have the energy other children did. I couldn't do things. I was I was real clumsy and my dad used to call me Grace. But <laughs> you know but my mom be, being a mother And knowing your children so well, knew that there was something that wasn't quite right with me. But she couldn't get doctors to, to understand. They said she was overprotective. They said I was a shy child. So when I got into my teenage years, We moved over to, or I was 14 and we moved over to um, Taiwan. My dad worked for a electronics company, TRW Electronics, and we moved over there and I had to have a physical and all the shots to go over there. And so my mom, um, when we went to the doctor, the doctor in the small town that we were living in at the time said that he heard something not right with my heart. And he wanted me to go to a specialist. And so I would say, no, this was the early 70s. Okay. And before that, um, when my mom had taken me to the doctor after one instance that she felt something wasn't right, um, it'd given me some type of medicine to calm my stomach. I have never known what that was. My mom couldn't remember it. I always have wondered if it was some type of mild anxiety medicine at that time. Mm-hmm. or a 10-year-old, I wonder how that affected, you know. What did it
0: do? Do you remember how it affected you?
1: I remember it didn't do anything to me. Okay. It, it didn't help me at all. I mm-hmm. still had that nervous feeling and the butterflies and everything. that was that was also kind of normal it was getting to be more normal so Mm -hmm. i went to um i don't i don't want to draw the story out too long but i went to uh, a specialist in indianapolis at that point in time that were a top rated pediatric cardiologist and they told my mom and dad that there was absolutely nothing wrong with me I had a slight heart mur- murmur and that it was nothing to worry about most people did really oh so, yeah most, most people, people <laughs> most people do so that was so we left it at that yeah and but my mom always knew there was something wrong with me and mm-hmm. it didn't really start appearing again, where I really had problems. Now, I couldn't keep up with kids. I couldn't do some of the sports, and I wasn't athletic, but I thought I just wasn't athletic. And, you know, and I, and if we went on long, long walks, I'd get tired easily. Hmm. So, Which is but not right, typical for a child. Right, which is not typical for a child. And hmm. that's what my mom knew. Yeah. She knew that I couldn't keep up with my friends. I couldn't do the things with my friends. So when I, when I got married and we had, were ready to start having children, I had noticed that I had this racing heart. And I could tell, but I'd tell my husband "But i felt that before. This isn't new. Mm-hmm. It seems to be more often. And I got pregnant with my son. And I said something to my OB doctor. And he said, oh, there's nothing wrong with your heart. That's just how it, that's, you it's beating for two now. Oh, wow. And, and I thought, okay, well, this is just how, how it's supposed to be. By the time we had my daughter, I knew that something wasn't right. And it took me, she was about five years old. She was born in 1988 and I was 31. And it wasn't until about the time I turned 35, 36 that I finally convinced the doctor that there was something wrong to me.
0: Okay, so take me back to what that felt like. Did you I, always know something was
1: wrong or did you just think no, you were different? Well, yes and no. Um I knew something was different. Mm-hmm. I knew that this feeling that I was having in my heart with what I now would call a rapid heartbeat, I knew that it, it wasn't always there and it would yeah. come and go. And as I was getting older and then when I got pregnant, it was, it was there more often. And I would kind of get lightheaded and dizzy from it. But at the same time, I was pregnant during that time.
0: Well, yes, right. Hormones yeah. and exhaustion. Right. Hormones I mean, you're making and... another human, right? You can't and... imagine the feeling, though, that you're pushing through. I mean, your whole life was about just pushing through
1: the exhaustion
0: right. due it, to it really something was. wrong, and
1: you didn't know what it was. Right, there's something wrong, and after my daughter, I thought maybe I was having panic attacks in the 1990s early 1990s that was a that was a pretty major diagnosis for i think women yeah and they gave me medicine for anxiety it, but it didn't did do you me. get that
0: crushing feeling on your chest almost like yes. like a heart attack symptoms yes. and they called it anxiety
1: <sighs> yes
0: okay so fast forward now you are A young mom, and you're exhausted all the time caring for these two little ones. How far apart are your children? They're three and a half years apart. Oh, my goodness.
1: Okay. Yes. So you've got two
0: kids under five, and then they start going to school, and you're still They start going to
1: school, and they're both active in school Mm -hmm. and very, you know, wanting to do things, and I just pushed through. I kept up with it, and I can remember taking being at um church one one wednesday night and we were standing in a prayer circle and it was a family night we had wednesday family nights when they were younger Mm -hmm. and so the parents had bible studies and the kids had their time with the teachers and crafts and things and learned about the Bible. And I can remember standing next to a friend and she said, are you okay? And I said, yes, why? And she said, because I have never heard you breathe so hard. Oh, okay. So said, it sounds asking? to me like you're gasping for breath. And I said, well, it's kind of cold outside. I just, I I was kind of late getting here. I just came in. No, it was the opening prayer. I made excuses for yeah. Yeah. Those things.
0: Well, I mean, I remember being a young mom. We never thought about taking care of ourselves. Or, no. I mean, even going to the doctor if we were sick, we were way too busy caring for kids when they were sick. And, you know, right. I can't imagine, though, um, having something, well, you know what? I guess if that was your life, if, if you always were that way, you just, you resign yourself to, well, this is how I am
1: right see, I think that's I think that's what I had done, yeah, I didn't want to tell other mothers that I couldn't help out i right. even though I was working full time, I wanted to be present for my kids with yeah. with things, and but I kept in the back of my mind thinking that I had to convince the doctor that something I so you did know you needed. You I knew that something. Yes, yes, I knew that something wasn't right. I couldn't explain it to my husband because he had no clue. And finally, when I was about thirty-five or thirty-six, he finally sent me to have an EKG, and it wow. happened to show up on the EKG. Had you ever had an EKG before,
0: or had everyone just said, "Oh no, you're fine"? No, they always said I was so. Funny. All those
1: years, you all never had years. an EKG no. to actually look at the of your heart. I think I probably had one when I was young and went to the cardiologist, wow. uh, the pediatric cardiologist, and just show I was my heart would be going in and out of atrial fibrillation. Mm-hmm. So well, we can treat that. That's fine, you know. And they calmed me down and they told me because I thought. That was a death sentence you know i didn't know what atrial fibrillation was and now it's pretty it's it's people know that yeah, right so they gave me medicine and it seemed to help but then didn't, didn't all at once it wasn't helping hmm. Okay,
0: so you got to a point of crisis, though, am I right? Yes, I got to
1: a point of crisis. You had gone so long without caring for this illness that you had, or this this condition. Right. I wasn't taking any time for myself. I was pushing on through, and just because I thought, it was all in my head. Wow. Well, you'd been told that for many years. (laughs) And and basically, that's what I have been told for many yeah. years it was all in my head so back in the early 90s to the mid 90s there was nothing so, even, was so even, as, few, even then there was just not much you could read I remember reading books by Dr. Nancy Snyderman I remember reading oh, different books by women doctors but still didn't address what I seem to be feeling they finally sent me over to the heart center in Springfield, Illinois, because we live in Illinois. And that was when the doctor over there did not was not going to let me go until he figured it out. I had two congenital heart defects. Two congenital two. heart defects. Uh-huh. So I was so relieved, actually, to know that you weren't crazy. I was so relieved. I
0: I mean, that's a terrible thing to say, that you're relieved with a diagnosis. But sometimes knowing
1: (laughs) is better. Yes. Because you can deal with it then. Yes. Because then then it was like, then we deal with it. And I had to have open heart surgery to, to fix it. And I was to the point where it was almost too late for me to have open heart surgery. That was the only thing that scared What do you mean,
0: your heart, it had
1: degraded so much? Yes, it had degraded, but he felt that I still had like a 75% chance of, wow. of surviving the surgery and having no problems, no problems whatsoever after that. And he wanted to keep me at the hospital that day. And I told him no, that I had to go home because I had to see my kids. It was a Friday. And I said I needed to go home. I needed to see my kids and be with them for the weekend. And I'd come back on Monday. Mm. And I promised that I'd come back on Monday. Open heart surgery is not a small thing. And no, it's you not feeling a, small a thing. little <laughs> bit overwhelmed
0: at that point. Like right. oh boy. <laughs> you
1: know, how old were your kids at that point? Um I- It was 1999, so I think my daughter was still in elementary school, and my son had just started junior high.
0: Wow, so still young enough to need you very much. Were they they quite
1: nervous about you? They were very nervous, they were extremely nervous. Yeah, and then they kept me in the hospital for 13 days. Okay, wow, afterwards because the atrial fibrillation got worse after the. What exactly did they
0: repair in your heart?
1: They repaired, I had a hole in my heart. You had a hole all that that time. Yeah, all that time, which most, you know, which is kind of common. And sometimes they don't have to repair it. That wasn't the big issue. The big issue was that I had a vein that was wrapped around to the back of my heart and it was attached to my. To the wrong chamber, and so it was putting blood into the wrong chamber of my heart. That was that was the most serious part, and that was what was making my heart wow. That, really enlarged, that is, and not
0: okay. And so, so now, wow. Okay, so I'm I'm a little bit overwhelmed by your story. You know, this is February, and so, it is Women's Heart Health Month. So it's, as a matter yes, of fact, of the, heart, the day that this airs is February 7th, which is Go Red for Women Day, which is all about women's heart health. I'm sorry I didn't wear red in, my, in the video if you're watching that today. But <laughs> Elizabeth, what would you say now, now that we have the technology, I know they yes, hear now these now kind of things in infants and young children, but I want to take a turn now because your life really is a miracle. I mean, you were preserved all those years. You could have had a massive heart attack at any moment.
1: Right. And I could have had a stroke also. I mean, I was on, they did put me on blood thinners, but mm-hmm. I could have, you know, but for years I wasn't on blood thinners. And the atrial fibrillation causes stroke. Yes. And, and so, I mean, so this was all, I knew my life had a change but I didn't know how to change it. Right. So even after
0: your surgery, did you try and just power right through and continue not
1: taking care of yourself? I, I hated to tell people I can't do that. I have a heart condition. That just sounded, that didn't sound right to me. Yeah. Because I'd always shown up. I mean,
0: that's not a small surgery. Did people at least, or did you, I should say, allow yourself time to heal from the actual surgery? I
1: I did to an extent, but I look back now and realize I didn't allow myself to heal. So now I want to kind of turn
0: the corner here and talk about what you do now, which is called It's Mother's Turn. You never gave yourself a turn. No, to, i never did to gave relax back. or to let your guard down or to rest or anything and and for you it really culminated in a a crisis now not everyone it has did. a heart issue but what what does that look like
1: for women today i think that looks like if if you i feel that if you as a woman feel like there's something wrong that something just seems out of place that you you go to your doctor yeah and that you just you keep on with your doctor and in the end i had a very good doctor i realized because he did keep on until he figured out yeah what But that's not easy to come. And I don't change doctors. Putting
0: yourself first
1: is a hard pill to swallow for moms because we just don't do it. No, it Um, is very hard. We take care of everyone else. I wanted to be there for my husband. I wanted to be there for my kids. But they finally told me when I got into, when I turned 50, that it was now for me to be there for me. Okay, so it's your turn now, right? Tell me it was my Phew, turn. Phew, now you can exhale. Then um, I was but, like, okay, now I had to find <laughs> what that meant. Okay,
0: so then that started you on a journey to figuring right. that out. What to did that figure look that like out. for you?
1: Um, that was a hard journey. The internet was just becoming I mean, where it was user-friendly for everyone. There wasn't smartphones yet. And um, I mean, we had cell phones and we had texting, but we didn't have, the internet wasn't like it was now. And as, but I started, I started on the computer. I started typing in how self-care, how to take care of yourself. And I finally had some other health issues because this has caused other health issues Mm. that have just, Come up, and and part of it's caused by the open heart surgery. Plus, just for so long, like everything kind of building on top of just building on top of each other. And I finally decided it was time to to quit my job. I know that not. I know that's not an option for very. I know that's really not an option for most mothers. Right. Right, but I I was at a place where I could. We had to make some changes. My kids were um, pretty much out of the nest, not completely, but you know, getting ready to to be out of the nest. And um, we decided that it was time for me to quit my job. And I just did research, trying to find out. How did I take care of myself? I now, I now have progressed enough to realizing that I needed to have a nighttime routine. Okay. Um, That was specific. So when I talk to women about taking care of themselves, I don't think, I, I don't mean going and having a day at the spa that's expensive. Okay. Going in, you know, having a massage or going away for a girls weekend, although those are wonderful things, but not everyone can do that. Mm -hmm. If you can just find five to 10 minutes a day where you take time for you. So one of my big things that I noticed was I didn't have a regular sleep routine. And I needed to have a good sleep routine. Of course, at one point I had teenagers that I worried about because they were out, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you everyone goes through that. So I have a specific routine as to how I shut down. Mm-hmm. Start shutting my, my system down and just relax for me at night. And then trying to get a good night's sleep as much as. Sleep as I need and I probably need more sleep than some people do. I also started exercising. Now I had never been able to really exercise. I'd always tried but I'd never been able yeah. to. So you can imagine I was not physically in any shape to start exercising. Right. So I do a lot of yoga. Okay. And I don't. I don't go outside my home. I don't go to a fitness center, like to the Y or anything like that. I I'm not good at making that type of commitment. Yet I'm very good at watching YouTube videos <laughs> and doing it at home. Well,
0: that's the beauty of this technology that we live with yes. now. Is it everything
1: is more accessible? Right, it's more accessible. I um, started having a specific time during the day when I meditate into my prayers hmm. and I do I have some guided meditations that I follow and I just have my quiet time but I think probably the most beneficial part that I've had that I found to do is that I wake up every morning and I've had people tell me that that's that's too hard to achieve what I do in the morning. But I tell myself it's going to be a good day and I'm going to wake up and have happiness every day. Yeah. And then I write down five things that I'm grateful for. Oh, wow. You know, that that can be a I keep hearing
0: that gratitude practice (laughs) is life changing. And even people who are, uh, I have a friend who, Uh, has a kind of an online talk show where she has interviewed just wildly successful people. And I mean, really, really big successful people. Um, It's called the pursuit with Kelsey Humphreys. If any of you want to look that up, but she told me one time that the biggest surprise that she found or that that kind of hit her was that the common thread through all of these successful people was that every day they wrote down three to five things they're grateful for. Even if it was something like, um, I saw a cute puppy yesterday, or I heard the birds sing this morning. Little things that we take for granted, you write them down and it just infuses into your being this attitude of being grateful for life. And I imagine you're I, a
1: little bit more grateful than most. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm extremely yeah, trying. Right? grateful. But it took me a while to realize that I could be grateful, yes. Mm-hmm. But I had to practice that. Had a
0: practice. Okay, yeah. so let's take a look at <clears throat> what the women who come to you for
1: help, what are they facing? A lot of times they're facing... They have, a lot of them have like school-age children and right. in the hustle and bustle, how to find time. And I said, what I finally had to do with my kids, and this was when they, they were old enough to know, to, to, to understand and know that they weren't old enough to tell mom, you've got to do it for yourself, you know, or mm-hmm. anything. I tell my kids, when I came home from work, you need to give me 10 minutes. I'm going to go into the bedroom. I'm going to change my clothes. And I'm going to have just some time just for me. And then when I come out, then it's family time. Hmm. And my husband so has always smart. worked a government job. And so he was always home before I was. And and so he'd already had their time with, they'd had their time with dad and, you know, and they were all kind of settled down and then mom would come home, ah, 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 you know, <laughs> they were, you know, excited to see me. Now, I won't say it worked every day. <laughs> right. But it so is that the first thing practice. That's the first thing I yeah. did. So that is that the, really first the first
0: thing that thing. you tell moms to do? Are they that surprised? That is the first
1: thing. Are they I surprised
0: say. that, ooh, 10 minutes? Are you kidding? I can go in my bedroom for 10
1: minutes? Is and okay? yes, you can. Yeah. I mean, if you have a newborn baby or if you have a little well, toddler yeah. and there's no one to watch, no, you can't. But when your kids get to school age, yes, you mm-hmm. can tell them mommy needs or mom needs 10 minutes. Yeah. And if you have to if there's if nothing else, sit during those 10 minutes and just write out your thoughts. Hmm. And you'll be amazed at what might come out on the paper. And it may calm it and I found that it calms me enough and everything's out of my head, then I can think about something. Now my kids are gone and I still do this practice. Yeah.
0: So really what you're teaching women to do is to set up practices that they can continue to carry on to have some peace in their lives. Right. Even after their kids leave the nest. Leave the nest. Right. But it's so important to not be suddenly hit with that when they're gone that, oh, now, oh,
1: what oh, do I do now? I what don't do I want do? My now.
0: soul into these kids, but right. you're, te- you're kind of teaching yourself that it's okay, it's okay. to do certain it's things awesome. for yourself.
1: Yes, and I think that that was the biggest thing I've learned through all of this. Yeah, was that I, I don't think I would have gone through them leaving the house as easily as I did if I hadn't had. This health crisis and had to figure out what yeah. I. I I don't think I would, but I became where I have journals and journals, and <laughs> notebooks, you know, filled with things. And it can sometimes almost break my heart to go back and read some of the things I wrote, oh, you know, really um, as to how I was feeling and how you know, but it's also good therapeutically for me to realize because I've come so far. To see how far you've come is very, is very helpful. Um, Right.
0: So you've got these moms who come to you. How exactly do you help them? Do you just teach them these baby steps that might seem so overwhelming at
1: first? Yes, I just wow. teach them. I have different workshops to teach them um, a self-care workshop where, for a week, I ask them to take five to ten minutes, and I give them an exercise each day. Isn't and that then funny I check how back We won't them. even
0: give ourselves five to ten minutes yes.
1: when you think a- about when it. You think about it, and I've had I've had m- mothers say to me, "I'm just amazed." that how much better I felt after I had my five minutes. Yeah.
0: That the thought that five or 10 minutes can actually change your life.
1: Yes.
0: Mind boggling to me. And I think that's why so many don't do it because I know when I was in the busy times of kids raising and even in when the high school and everything, and you're working and you're doing all these things, the thought of, Oh, I really need time to myself, but I need an hour. So I don't have an hour. Right. But if I ever had that thought, you know, I could just go somewhere and sit in quiet or, or with music or something for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got 10 minutes. Right. But I always thought
1: I needed more. And so therefore, I get nothing. Right. And I did that for so long. I always thought that I needed to leave the house. Mm hmm. And I needed to go have my nails done or, yeah. or something like that. And yeah. that was self-care. No, that's what we see as that, self-care, that's what right? That's we saw as self-care. I yeah. uh-huh. still see that as self-care. Yeah. No, that's, that's not, that's not, those are the big, those are the rewards that maybe you can, can get. But to be honest with you, most mothers can't afford that long a time. Yeah can't afford maybe that that amount of money but small bite sized pieces that just keep them in a quiet place Mm. and i just i came up and it it when it really realized when it really dawned on me and realized that this was what i needed to do just Mm. these small pieces it was like (sighs) Yeah, Uh, you you know, know.
0: when you teach what you know, you're coming from a place of real, authentic experience, and your heart is in it. And you're now you're a mentor to these young moms,
1: right? And that's in there. And I just felt like this, and I had always had a passion that I wanted to write, that I wanted to write a book or something. Okay. And then the internet came, and people were doing blogging, and I thought, oh, there's got to be something. I can do something with that. Mm-hmm.
0: And Did you start with a blog?
1: With. Yes. That's what oh, I started wow. with, completely with a blog. That's wonderful. And Okay, um, so
0: do you still have that blog where people yes, can and refer to? It's
1: called It's Mother's Turn, and it's just okay expanded. It expanded as just me writing. Yeah, so you journey. started out
0: with just giving tips. And then, yeah, tips, so, it, so is it itsmothersturn.com?
1: Yes, it's, it's mothersturn.com.
0: And so. then that expanded to workshops. And now you have an online business where you mentor right. moms. I mentor moms. And of, of all stages. Yes, that of are all stages. Worn because... out and need to learn the simple things. And you know what's funny is we can read about these things all day. But right. until we have a mentor like you actually speaking into our lives, you can do this. Right. It's important. Do this before you have a health crisis like I did. Right. You know, they, they may not have a heart issue, but my goodness. Right. all the but strokes that they... happen, the um, just anxiety attacks, stress attacks, various things that right. can manifest in your body from just simply not giving yourself room to breathe. I
1: have, I I know one mother who, she is a personal trainer that I know. And, you know, exercise and diet is her big thing. So you would just think she would be in a perfect place. I mean, I would have thought that. Right. Until you really get to know her and find out the anxiety of raising boys. That she has yeah <laughs> and then then now they now they become teenage boys yeah <laughs> so they eat like, a lot yeah. <laughs> and you know you know you would look at her and think oh things are perfect hmm. but they're not always
0: yeah yeah
1: they're not well, always well
0: we are not what we put out on instagram no we are, we we are not underneath no. that and yes. Um, What I love about you is that you talk about all of this and you know, that's,
1: that's the real deal. It took me Tammy a long time to decide to talk about it. I'll bet it did, you know? Because I did, I did. I felt like it was going to be a stigma.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah.
1: Now, Explain
0: that to me. You, because over the years you'd gotten reactions from people, or you you actually held back always from talking about this because you felt you'd be judged for it, or I think I always felt that. What you're talking about? Uh
1: huh. I think I always held back Mm -hmm. because I think I would hear my mom say to my dad from a very young age well they told me i was overprotective about with her again and i heard that as my mom's just really protective of me that was how right i took that Mm -hmm. and so i would hold back on how maybe i was feeling what was going on my mom always knew my mom always knew if something wasn't right. And I can tell you that she was the happiest person when they finally. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine
0: all those years of, of knowing years? your child had something and being told, even by medical professionals, oh, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. everyone's like this. No. Right. Right. You you only yes. have to look at the kid next door to know that everyone is not like this. Right. Uh-huh. There's something going on. That really teaches you that uh, even in the 90s, where you had some trouble, uh, you know, right. getting diagnosed, right. that we have to be our own advocate. We have. And to it be sounds our like your mom evidence. was an advocate for you, but there just wasn't the technology,
1: and there wasn't even the knowledge, the knowledge that days to right. really back do and... something. And I know wow. that she would, she would just insist if I talked to her on the phone after I had kids and mm-hmm. she would just insist sometimes that I go, I yeah, make yeah. an appointment and go to the You doctor. know,
0: now that you know the heart of a mother, can you just imagine yes. how, how she worried about you Oh, constantly? I can.
1: And we were living over in Taiwan when I was, when it was time for me to go to college. And they stayed over there, and I moved back to the state. And I think about how hard that must have been for her to let me go. I remember them said, She and my dad setting go, or she came back with me to move me back to college, and they set me up with a doctor. They found they had recommendations from people where i was going to college and and i was in in an area where there was some family not the uh-huh. close family but cousins and and some aunts and uncles. And so they found a doctor for me. And she was, ins- I remember her talking to that doctor. I remember her telling everything about me to that doctor and him just sitting there and nodding and nodding. And I had to go see that doctor every six months. And I thought, oh, mom, you were just out of your mind. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Wow. Wow, but I think
0: yeah. I think Taiwan is a long I, way from Chicago, right? <laughs> or Illinois, right, a
1: long, long way. Wow! <laughs> and I know that. I think that now, how hard that must have been. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we think just being an empty nester is hard. Think about right. empty nesting. You know, a, you know, a world away, away yeah, away from the other side of the world.
1: Wow. You can't get to your child if she really no. needs need you you know so yeah. yes yes and I think about that now and you know it can it can bring tears to my eyes and I think about yeah. all that my mother did for me to try to convince people but she mm-hmm. taught me also I mean that was a valuable lesson that you don't you don't give up
0: right 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 she never gave up on getting she you never a diagnosis, gave up on me. even into adulthood Right. And she never
1: did. having kids. And I remember when she was um, very sick and I was, I spent her last month with her. She got concerned about me. Told me I needed to go home because oh. I hadn't seen my doctor at all. <laughs> Oh. She, she really had no concept of time. She just knew that I'd been there a while. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm point. glad you
0: got that time with her. Yeah, her life. I was, was able really to special.
1: have that time, and I was very blessed to be able to have it. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my story. And, wow. yes, I just feel like mothers need to understand that because I don't – I think it's more prevalent now. Mm-hmm. the self-care is and people yeah. Yeah, younger generation talks about it yeah but i have people come to me that um are raising their grandchildren now oh boy yes and that's an extremely difficult
0: mm-hmm. thing yeah so you really you really minister in your business i mean i, I there's no other way to say it because no. you're really speaking into moms of all ages, of all ages, um, who kind of have kids in that re- those really busy years. But you're right. Nowadays, there are so many grandparents raising their grandkids for various
1: right. reasons
0: that usually adds more stress to it.
1: Right. Is, and, and, or they've they, got
0: entire families living in their home
1: with them. Right. Right. They have entire families or, and they didn't learn it. That- when they raise their own kids no and they still don't
0: when i think back on all the things i wasn't taught about in terms of of this you know caring for yourself i i can't even think i mean i suppose my mom did things i know i know that when her door was closed she was like in her room praying which was a time time alone with god Uh and i know that she would go on a walk or you know um but I don't remember. There was never a conversation. Right. Right. She just, she kind of did what she needed to do. We were pretty independent kids, so I don't really know what she did most of the time, (laughs) you know, Um, (laughs) but there was never any talk about you have to learn how to take care of yourself. No. No,
1: no, never.
0: No, and that wasn't a concept. Was. I mean, she grew up in the depression and was a young married person during World War II. She came to Los Angeles from Oregon at like 21 years old, you know, mm-hmm. just fierce get it done kind of a person. And that's all I saw. So right.
1: I See, was the same my mom was powered too.
0: everything. Just get it done.
1: You she just powered my mom. Uh, was raised during the depression, you know, and then she was married during World War II. And yes, she was the same thing. And you so, just, you didn't talk about it, you just powered through it.
0: Yeah, so that's the question, are so we soft? Me. Are we too soft now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Too... I know.
1: I don't want to say
0: that because, <laughs> I mean, we, we live, you know, I mean, our parents grew up where they, did, you know, they watched the rise of technology and all the things like, even a vacuum cleaner and right. inventions that, you know, a washing right. machine and a vacuum cleaner that all these inventions, that technology that slowly made life easier. Now we have these ridiculous technology that makes life easier, but we don't understand. Like I think what my parents understood was life is in cycles and they would rest in the evening, you yes, know, when it was they time. would they, rest. They, they, they didn't have all the entertainment options and the things that we're constantly stimulated by, so they didn't have to think about self care because it was just part of their
1: normal rhythm of life. Right, right. And I agree. I agree with that. Their self care was was all mixed in with their life.
0: Yeah, it was just part of life
1: that you took time to read. Uh-huh. About. To read a book, you know, to, to rest in the evenings. Mm -hmm. No one thought that. My mom would take a
0: nap on Sunday afternoons. Yes. That was just, that was her Sabbath. You know, that was just part of her
1: rhythm of life.
0: And Uh I don't never thought about that as being necessary until, you know, now it's like, oh yeah, you probably should have a day a week where you just kind of shut everything out and
1: let yourself regroup,
0: but, but. We're constantly, and I think go. that's
1: why I realized that I had to develop a nighttime routine for myself. Mm-hmm. Because we don't shut ourselves off yeah. from all of this constant. We can just have technology coming yeah. at us constantly, mm-hmm. and you can't go right to sleep if you just have all that stimulation. Right. Right.
0: Well, I thank you so much, Elizabeth. I'm so happy to hear the rest of your story more than just the bits and pieces I've been able to pick up here and there. I can't imagine living with that kind of a cloud over your head for so long. um, And then finally realizing that you could in fact do something about it that would save your life and give you a a longer life and a fuller life. And I'm just so thrilled that now you can do all these things that you're doing all the heart healthy things uh, to preserve now, you know what you've got, that you've had the surgery, that you're doing the exercising and the eating and all the things. And that now you're pouring into women who also need to learn these things. Yes. I just think when you turn your pain into purpose like that, it's just got to be blessed
1: because <laughs> uh, I
0: just well, I, just when I be realized, blessing over that for you
1: when I when I realized that that was what I wanted to write about for a blog uh-huh and it just was like it was just there pulling at me it was just yeah. you know it really was God telling me this is this is what. Yeah. And this is now what I want you to yeah. do. Yeah. Your story can, can rescue yeah. other people. Right. Right. Help yeah. other people. So. Oh,
0: wow. I'm just amazed. And I can't <laughs> wait to hear more from you about, you know, the, the women that you're getting to work with and how your business is going to grow and your workshops. And maybe you're going to have a live event soon where, you know, just, there's so much potential there with. Yes. Um,
1: because I so hope to have a live April event May. either in April or May. So oh, this year, that's, yeah, this okay, year—that's we'll what I'm hoping get for. Get on so. Elizabeth's
0: mailing list, uh, email <laughs> list, and make sure you you connect with her on Instagram. It's Mother's Turn, and uh, take a look at her blog at itsmothersturn.com. I will definitely post the links in the show notes um, below this episode. And you know what? It's February. It's the month, the one month of the year that we talk about women's heart health. So go have a heart healthy month. Do even small things add up over time. And that's the biggest lesson I learned because I'm usually an all or nothing kind of person. The whole thing, like your example of learning first how to get to sleep better and then exercising and that, you know, how you just layered things on makes so much sense. And it takes the pressure off. And, you know, it's okay to go slow. It's okay okay to make small changes that actually then become part of your daily habits so that you don't have to think about it anymore. It's just natural to take care of yourself so that... What do they say? You can't pour from an empty cup. Right. You can't
1: pour yeah. from an empty cup so that you have a full You're gonna cup. You're going to be
0: even better for your family if right. you can do these small More intentional things.
1: for your family and just yeah. be
0: there. Yes. 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 Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I thank really you, I really appreciate Tammy. you being with me here today. And uh, I want you all to connect with Elizabeth and just see what she's got to offer. If you don't need her, I know you know someone who does. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Tammy. I'm so glad that you joined us today for this discussion and and just to hear Elizabeth's story. It's really, really remarkable how she was spared all those years, isn't it? Her life is truly a miracle, and I know she's going to help so many others. I want to leave you with a few heart facts, if you will, especially for women, because I think this is so important for us to know. You know, we always, we're always afraid of, of cancer or, you know, various diseases that can befall us and, and we have all these things. But did you know that cardiovascular disease is the number one killer of women? For every three deaths in the year, one of them is due To a heart condition. That's approximately one woman every minute. And, you know, the incredible thing about this is that it doesn't affect all women alike. You've heard that just from Elizabeth's story today her situation was she had a lifelong heart defect that was undetected or it was suspected and no one could ever really, either they didn't believe her or they didn't have the technology to figure it out until she got to be into her mid-30s and really was so exhausted all the time, finally had that heart surgery and it completely turned her life around. Um, I just can't say enough about really educating yourself about this get yourself to a doctor for a checkup understand if you've got anything wrong if you suspect being overly tired first get your heart checked out and then you know take a look at your diet your exercise your lifestyle are you sleeping enough all those things that we know we should be doing i think what we don't realize is that the compound effects of not taking care of ourselves can be really serious. So while we as mothers are so concerned with just doing, doing, doing for our family all the time, we might be doing ourselves to death, really. And I hate to put it that way, but that is a reality check. So if this has been a reality check for you, go ahead and check out GoRedForWomen.org or Heart.org and see the information that's there and just begin to educate yourself about this. And I just want to thank Elizabeth uh, for being with me today. She's a member of my um, Empire Builders VIP group, where we have a mastermind Uh, We are a group of individuals who get together every month. We mastermind our ideas. We have training. We have guest guests. Uh, experts come in. And you know, if that's something that interests you, I think I'm going to open the doors to that again real soon. So why don't you reach out to me, go to TammyRomani.com slash empty nest. And I'll make sure to give you an email about that when the time comes. If you are looking for a mastermind type of a group where we have just a group of, of, mostly empty nesters who are in digital business or have a in-person business and you want to know about how to better market yourself in this age of online marketing that we all have to do or you really can't be in business anymore, I invite you to get some more information. DM me on Instagram if you'd like more information or if you'd like to chat about it to see if it's right for you. And uh, we'll just see if we can't help each other out. You know, it's no good being alone in this online business world. More minds put together in a mastermind, always a good idea. So I would love to see you in there. And uh, like I said, just reach out to me for more information. And you know, while we're talking about all the promotional things, would you mind hopping over to wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a five-star review that actually helps this podcast to be discovered by more listeners. So that would make me so happy. It will make others so happy. And as I bring more experts to you, more guests to you in the future, more amazing stories, I just want more people to hear about us. So thank you so much for that. And I thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you have a fabulous weekend I hope you're wearing red today for women's heart health, and I will see you next time. You take care. Bye-bye.